Transcend for Good has unique perspective and works with nonprofit clients at an inflection point. Join the leadership team at Transcend for Good, Elizabeth Thompson, Chairman and CEO, and Christine Doctor, President, as they share quick and meaningful conversations and their approach to the biggest challenges and opportunities facing nonprofit leaders today. Hi, and welcome to Elevate with the Experts. I'm Liz Thompson, and I'm joined today by my business partner, Chris Doctor. Today, our quick and informative conversation will be on a very hot topic, the board's role and responsibility in fundraising. In our personal experience, as well as in our work with clients, this subject is one of the core elements of success or struggle in every nonprofit. According to board sources, report leading with intent a national index of nonprofit board practices 2017 boards averaged 79 percent participation in giving however on average only 52 percent of boards have a hundred percent participation just as with many other topics inside of a nonprofit leadership matters here the culture of philanthropy starts and ends with leadership at the board table, supported by the CEO or executive director and understood by every employee at your organization. Let's talk a little today about how to set this culture of philanthropy in motion. Chris, in your experience, what's the number one thing that helps set up a board for success for fundraising? Well, as in my opinion, I think the, the number one thing, it's really clear and it takes consistency to take hold, but it starts at the very beginning of the relationship with a potential new board member. It's about articulating the responsibilities and the expectations during the recruitment and the onboarding process. So oftentimes we help clients understand that if they didn't actively have these conversations during the recruitment of new board members, then there simply is no expectation set about the importance of philanthropy. Most critically, without these conversations, oftentimes board members don't know the expectations for their personal giving or how they are supposed to actively support the activities that attract funds into the organization. They just simply weren't addressed. So this lack of clarity sets up a bigger issue that honestly might take years to unravel. And in fact, the study you just mentioned has a very compelling statistic on this subject. So when fundraising expectations are clearly articulated during recruitment, 52% of CEOs report their boards are actively engaged in the organization's fundraising efforts. But when fundraising expectations aren't clearly articulated during recruitment, only 12% of executives report their boards are actively engaged in fundraising efforts. So we see this a lot where one, two, or three board members are actively tuned into fundraising and the other board members aren't as active. But really, it's a best practice and supported by board source that all nonprofits should strive for 100% board giving. And in fact, we've both been advocates of this idea for our entire careers, and we have seen it work beautifully when 100% board are active and giving. 
That is true, Chris. And I imagine, knowing the two of us, we will continue to be lifelong advocates (laughs) for that principle, both in our consulting practices as well as uh, for the organizations that we work with. It is an alarming, amazing, and frankly, alarming statistic when you think, though, back to what a difference it makes for engagement. And again, nonprofit leaders can evaluate their recruitment process and set the expectation right from the beginning. And it also helps to ensure that you have natural partners and champions in the board, on the board, and the executive committee. They help set the leadership tone and establish the behavior and enforce the tradition of philanthropy from a perspective of a positive purpose. So what are some other things that we need to think about as we set expectations during board recruitment as it relates to fundraising? Well, first, it is imperative that board recruitment has a formal process. So this means having a job description that contains clearly outlined requirements about a lot of different things. So governance, meeting attendance, term limits, what their fiduciary responsibilities are, managing conflict of interest, all those good things. But in terms of what we're talking about here today, you need to have a clear fundraising policy. So this policy includes specifics on their personal giving, as well as supporting the overall fundraising activities of your organization. It clearly spells out the give-get expectations, and we, in this podcast, on the post for this, we'll have a few resources and links that you can look at to help develop and strengthen this part of your recruitment and onboarding activities. This part is so, so important. I couldn't agree more about having clear and succinct policies regarding these areas. The other thing to think about is to routinely review the recruitment and orientation process with the board governance committee. We will have another podcast on board orientation in the future, such another important topic. Chris, what are your final thoughts about the board role and responsibility relative to fundraising? Well, I'm so glad you asked. So one of my personal passions and something I love so much is when board members embrace their role in fundraising. Oftentimes it takes just a few personal wins for them to get over their fear of asking others to invest in the organization. Or in fact, sometimes when they see success of their fellow board members, something will just click in them. And that attracting investment into the organization that they love is truly rewarding. So I've come up with my top 10 list of things that I think would be very helpful for board members. So I'll just launch into those. So number one, as a board member, understand your organization's fundraising programs and strategies. So understand the development team's goals and their key performance indicators. Are they meeting their goals, exceeding their goals? So what's going on? Are they reporting that information to you? As a board member, you need to know that information. Liz and I often say there is no magical thinking in fundraising. There is a proven process that requires vision and planning and consistency. So money, unfortunately, doesn't just fall out of the sky. So number two, as board members, invest in development so it grows and sustains the organization. Ensure appropriate human resources and those implementation dollars are in place for the acquisition, cultivation, solicitation and stewardship of individual giving as well as corporate giving. So investing in development 
actually makes money for the organization. Think of it as a profit center, not a cost center. So number three, as a board member, you can cultivate and steward not only donors, but prospective donors. So by sharing your story and why you are so proud to be a board member, that is something that you can easily do. So number four, attend events and bring potential supporters and friends. And if there is an interest after they're introduced to the mission, see how you can extend that conversation or refer them to the staff or the executive director for a deeper conversation. So this actually should be number one, I think. Make a significant personal annual gift. If there's a give get, meet it. If you serve on a board, it should be one of your top three philanthropic priorities for you and your family. And as a board member, think to yourself, if I don't give, who will or who would? So giving time and talent simply isn't enough for board members these days. You need to recruit board members with the intention that financial support is required to fuel the organization's mission. So one of the things that is really easy to do too is to help thank donors. Personal touches from board members speak volumes about leadership involvement. Personal phone calls, heartfelt emails, and handwritten notes are very easy to do and really send a message to the donor about the importance of their gift, especially when it's recognized by leadership. So number seven is identify prospective donors, advocates, and leaders. You know what quality looks like and involving and inviting that into your organization is hugely helpful. Number eight, when appropriate, ask for support and investment. So here's a, a really important concept. Remove the fear of asking by replacing that with your passion for the mission. Have that passion overcome your fear. And again, that's something that it takes some practice, but once you really have the opportunity to see the invitation and bringing resources to your organization, it becomes something that should become a joy instead of a fear. And it helps also create reasons to follow up and continue the conversation with that donor. Number nine, engage support and encourage all of the fundraising activities and the organization's staff. I can't tell you, and Liz, you probably have had this experience too, when a board member reaches out to a staff member with a phone call or an email to congratulate that person on a job well done. It is so important when that happens. And finally, be a vocal and passionate advocate for the organization. Have an elevator speech and use it. Uh, let others know why you are a proud board member. And if there's any interest at all from people you're speaking with, cultivate those interests and invite them to learn more. Chris, as always, thank you. I loved that top 10 list. Your <laughs> ideas are spot on, and we know that an engaged board creates energy to support and propel any organization's mission. Thanks for spending time with us today. And for our listeners, until next time. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to learn more about working with Liz and Chris or have a subject area that you'd like to see covered on a future episode, visit transcendforgood.com. We look forward to learning more about your unique situation and how we can help.